Welcome to the Halloween Unleashed Podcast. And now, here are your hosts for the week. And away we go. I am your host, Chris Morgan, and welcome to the off-season of Halloween Unleashed. Now, some of you may be wondering, hey, I thought you were in the off-season weren't going to be doing any episodes. Well, since uh, the second season of the HMMAT podcast, so 2018 was the first year, um, the first new year, I should say. Kevin King and I uh, put out a New Year's episode. In 2019, we started Halloween Unleashed, which started on January 2nd. And then last year, Season 2 started off in the first week of January as well. So continuing for the fourth year in a row, it's only tradition to do a New Year's episode. So Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, whatever you celebrate, not discriminating against anyone, but I hope your Christmas, your your Hanukkah, your Kwanzaa, whatever it was, I hope it was happy, merry, grateful, wonderful, whatever, whatever adjective you want to put in front of that. But Happy New Year is pretty universal. It has been um, over a month since uh, we aired the uh, way back Wednesday episode. Now today, um, work. I, I said on that last episode we're going to talk about the Halloween Kills trailer that was released. Um, that released after the season two finale of Halloween Unleashed. So we didn't get a chance to really talk about it. Um, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna break every single scene down. I'm simply going to give you my thoughts, my opinions, because I've been asked quite a bit. um, What'd you think? What'd you think? What'd you think? And as I've said it once, I've said it a million times throughout the course of this show over the last several years, that I'm a better talker than I am a typer. And if you type something to me, you may get... uh, if you get more than a couple sentences out of me, you're you're doing really good because uh, I typically do not like to type. I like to talk to people, and there's no better way than having a podcast and talking to every single one of you. But before we get there, um, I want I wanted to put this out there. It's just a a compliment to something that just came out in the last week, and. Um, I want to I want to advertise it a little bit, and uh, I want to say to uh, James Grimm, Trevor Waltz, and um, Dallas Alexander from Shape Killer Studios, they did um, I think it was a YouTube invitation or a YouTube based uh, three way podcast chat, whatever. Um, I've never done the YouTube. Um, broadcasting pro- primarily because I don't like being on camera. That's just me. It's it's something I've always I, I get really self conscious about. Um, I just 
I'm not comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with my headset, my microphone, and I'm just comfortable chatting. Um, you can even ask my kids. Uh, I don't even like video chatting there, and they're my kids. So if I don't feel comfortable even video chatting with my kids, what makes you think I want to get on a YouTube stream and video chat with everybody else? Uh, you know, what if I have a booger hanging out? What if I have a, a, a hair hanging out the nostril? What if, what if my bald spot, uh, shines through more than ever? What if I look older on camera than I do? What if I, you know, all these, all these isms, what, what if I look like Rudolph the red nosed reindeer that day? Um, because I got a zit on the end of my nose, whatever the case may be. It's just something like it, 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 there's some people that just don't care and they can, they can do it. And Hey, for those that can do it, more power to you, man. Um, it's, it's not for me and not saying I'll never do it because as I've learned over the course of just in doing the two podcasts that I've done between the HMMAT podcast and the Halloween Unleash podcast is you never say never. And because as soon as you do, you are going to butt fuck yourself with no lube because the very next week, something's going to happen to where you got to retract that. I don't know how many times I said on the HMMAT podcast that I'll never, uh, I'll never take another order again. You may be forced to do it, so never say never. Um, but back on to uh, James Grimm, Trevor Waltz, and Dallas, Dallas Alexander's uh, little get-together. It's called Assholes with Opinions. I love the title. I, I, the, the, the title, I, I have to say, when I read it, it, it popped me. It, it, was, it was good. Um, listen, I, I think all three guys... Um, and I've told them this privately. I think that they uh, they all have a good camaraderie. They all uh, gelled really well together. They played off of each other really well. Uh, they all sounded good. Uh, they they put out a, a highly entertaining show. There was a lot of people that tuned into it. the The main thread throughout, though, and I've even said this to them, is it sounded like an episode of Halloween Unleashed, like things that we've talked about on this podcast. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, I just say fuck more in this episode, in this uh, show than they did. But there was a lot of things that, that, that were said in that episode that uh, uh, was kind of like some episodes that we've covered on here. And um, it's just interesting and, it makes me happy to know that uh, there's others that feel the same way that that I do um, about situations, and that it was definitely the case with them on uh, assholes with opinions. But um, you know, overall, there. I mean, it was a it was a highly entertaining show, um, and it was a nice little compliment to if you listen to this weekly and have been missing. Halloween Unleashed. It was a it was a nice little compliment to an already uh, established podcast that has been off the air for eight nine weeks. So um, that's a that was a really good thing. And I, I I'm not one of those people that get pissed off when someone else comes up with a similar idea. I mean, it's come on, you know, it's 
nobody has property or rights to being the only mask hobby Halloween series podcast out there. You know, there's, there's going to be others that pop up. I mean, I'm a big fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I've covered on this. Do you think there's one Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast? No, there's like 20 of them and they all borrow little bits and pieces from each other. And I think that that's totally fine. Um, no, I do not have a cold. If you hear me sniffling, I have allergies really, really bad. Um, down here in Florida, it never gets to a constant freeze. So things warm up, then they cool down. They warm up, then they cool down. They warm up, then they cool down. And uh, by doing that, it's just got whatever is trying to bloom and isn't blooming, just wreaking havoc on my allergies. And so I am allergic to all get out. Um, but yeah, definitely check out assholes with opinions. Um, I'm definitely an asshole with an opinion. So, uh, it was cool to see that there was other assholes with opinions. If I could offer one little critique and that would be, don't be afraid to call people out. Just say what's on your mind and don't hold back. Uh, the way I look at it is, is if you have an opinion, uh, someone's helped you shape that opinion. So just be direct and be honest. Um, don't hold back, but let's jump into this Halloween kills trailer. Um, I'm not going to beat a dead horse that I've already beaten, uh, several, several times in a row, but I will state the obvious. Everyone knows if they've listened to five minutes of this broadcast over the last year, um, knows that um, I am not the biggest supporter or fan of the Halloween 2018 movie or the new direction that the franchise is taking. Um, I do not think, and there's going to be some people that like this shit that is going to disagree with me, and that is totally fine. Um, this is Halloween Unleashed. I'm giving my opinions. You can have yours. Doesn't make either of us wrong. Just makes us uh, come at it from different angles. I've said many times, I always like the fact that there is a new movie because it brings in new fans to our community, new fans to the independent mask collecting part of this industry. And that is always a good thing. Uh, after Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 nearly crippled and completely killed the franchise forever because it was so terrible, um, there there wasn't... Uh, I mean, you started to see the first couple years it was strong. Uh, people were posted still the Rob Zombie H1 and the Rob Zombie H2 you had the various animatronic head uh, castings coming out at that point. I mean, you had people all over the place, hot and heavy for two years. I mean, it was almost as nauseating seeing the Rob Zombie masks as it has become seeing the 2018 Trick or Treat Studios uh, mask. And it's just like, okay, we've seen it like 150 million times over the last couple of years. I want to see something else. 
So it got to that point, but when it continued to go on, the popularity of the independent side of mass collecting started to wane a little bit. And then it started to wane even more. And then when um, Marcus Dunstan's uh, potential Halloween uh, was going to happen, Halloween Returns, back in 2015, you saw a little spike in popularity again. And then when things didn't work out, it dipped back down. And then we all know the announcement of the 2018 film uh, with John Carpenter coming back on board, Jamie Lee Curtis, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That sent popularity through the roof. And then um, as we continued to get little teasers and uh, behind the scenes pictures and, you know, you name it. Um, the popularity really started to grow. And then the marketing campaign to build up to that film completely uh, brought in all these new people that were now experts on something that they just joined and got into five minutes ago. Uh, that's the negative side of it. But you'll never hear me complain about um, it bringing more awareness to what we do on the independent side. Um, I think there's a lot of independent artists out there that don't get enough love. And, uh, quite frankly, it's, it's, it's a damn shame. Uh, so anything to bring more awareness to the independent mass collecting side, I'm all for, um, that brings out new ideas. I'm all for, um, so you'll never hear me complain about a new movie coming out on that, but as a fan of the franchise, I will have my individual opinions. So I was not the biggest supporter of 2018. Um, I I liked a lot of things about it. I didn't like the storytelling. I didn't like the script. I didn't like the dialogue. I didn't like the over-the-top violence that seems to be the new norm uh definitely in, in this franchise since rob zombie did his did his two films uh, that i just don't think is needed i think that you can build up suspense and scare over skull stomping a, a guy's head through the pavement that's one that's one example of what i'm talking about there's plenty um, in the 2018 that we look at and say, Michael never did that in the first two films. And this is supposed to be returning him back to that version of Michael. And it just doesn't make sense. Uh, not a fan of bringing in Laurie Strode's character. Just, I mean, I get it from a marketing standpoint. She's going to sell the tickets. I get it. But from a storytelling script perspective, she added nothing to that movie. She, was, she wasn't needed. You could have taken a random family. Could have even, could have even been Allison, just have her not be a Strode. Stuck her in the same situation and the same things would have happened. I mean, really, what was Michael's motive in this film? And just say, oh, well, he's the boogeyman. He doesn't need a motive. No. Every killer, every antagonist needs a motive. It could be subtle, but you still need that, that antagonist arc in storytelling. 
Look at Jaws. Very simple, very simple antagonistic, protagonistic motivation for the for the for the moving forward of action. And that is Brody must kill the shark or else the shark will eat people that he loves. We can all relate to that. Michael breaks out of prison or Smith's Grove to go on a random killing spree and has no motive means nothing to me. doesn't connect with me. doesn't pull on those heartstrings. Um, Michael goes out on, breaks out, goes out on Halloween night to kill the babysitter. Well, the babysitter must kill the boogeyman to save the kids. That's something that we can all relate to. Okay. Halloween two. We must track down and capture Michael Myers before he kills anyone else in this small little town. That's also something that is a moving the story forward action. You can say, well, he broke out of Smith's Grove in 2018 and we have to capture him before he goes on a killing spree. Yeah, but the thing is, is we already seen it. He has no motivation to get out in Halloween 2. Uh, back in 1981, he had motivation. He wanted to finish off Laurie Strode, which is why he was doing everything he could to track her down. Take the sister element out of it and just go off the first one and his motivation to carry on into the sequel. He was going, try, trying to find her once again to finish what he started. That is all you need. Can you say that he was doing any of that in 2018? No. I've heard many people say, well, he just got out and went crazy and started killing random people. These are all random people I couldn't care less about. And you shouldn't either because there was nothing there. Um, a lot of really cool kills. A lot. I mean, I think that the stylistic choice of the way it was shot. Um, I even liked a lot of the... Uh, of the cinematography liked a lot of that loved the music. Um, and believe it or not, I like the mask on screen and I've been one of those people that have not been a fan of the aged rotted look because I, you got to remember there's some of you that love that look absolutely are in love with it, but you didn't sit around from, I mean, you're brand new as of 2018 when the film came out. There's some of you purists out there. I know there's a small majority, but the majority that are just absolutely in love with 2018 just loves it, loves that mask, loves everything to do with it. You didn't start out in the independent mask collecting. You didn't start out um, going through the boards and everything before social media was around. When every day, every other post was Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie, this this sculpt, this sculpt, this sculpt, this sculpt, this sculpt, that sculpt, that sculpt, that sculpt. It's all Rob Zombie. And pretty soon you get just get fucking tired of it. And I understand that they're not the same mask, but the rotted concept, the fact that it's an aged mask and the latex is rotting, that's the same. And you can't argue that. So I'm just tired of that look for Michael and some of the newer people thinking that that is the only look he's ever had. I'm more of a traditionalist. I like the, the Shatner look myself. 
um, without all the age marks. I, I like a fresh mask. So, so getting into this trailer. Now, there's going to be some people that listen to this and say, oh, there goes Chris again, putting himself over. But if you look at the burn concept, yeah, not the same. I'll admit, not the same. But the burn concept, I sent concepts to Malik Akkad several years ago, trying to, when they were going to do the the revisit sequel Halloween 2 post-burn, burned mask concept. So the fact that there's a burn mask in there, yeah, it kind of, it kind of bothered me a little bit. Cause I'm like, I, I, I was the first one on, a, on the, well, I'm not the first one on a bigger scale. There was one guy that did Matt McKay's, uh, uh, burn nightmare, uh, years ago and it had blonde hair on it. Um, and he came to me at, had me do like, try to recreate it with a, with a night stalker because it's Nightmare, Night Stalker, same mask, uh, just different name. Um, and I did it for him, and that spawned a whole new line where people wanted burned concept H3 masks. If H3 was the Michael Myers storyline post-fire and H2. So... I did, and I called that line the Phoenix Mask, and you could do it off of any Kirk conversion, um, just make it a burned version. Now, some people have done some even better concepts than I have. Um, but so seeing them going with a burned concept in this, yeah, it kind of bothered me a little bit. But it is what it is. The fact is, is now it's a rotted concept with a burned uh, half is from, from uh, pictures I've seen. And, uh, of course, according, according to the trailer, we didn't get to see him a lot, but we saw enough to know that half of it's burned. And then, of course, on one hand, he's got two fingers blown off, which, again, kind of bothers me, too. But it is what it is. Um, but what it all boils down to is I saw a lot of over-the-top violence in this uh, trailer. Now, I know they were giving us the best of the best, the most intense moments. I get that. So I'm not judging a, a book by its cover, but I'm, I will say that I'm fearful as someone who doesn't particularly enjoy the over-the-top violence as a storytelling driving force is I do like the slow build, the slow burn. I love that stuff. It, I think that it makes the kills and it makes the scares mean that much more when you're not being over the top grotesque and violent because here's here's my concept and this is just me as a director okay and a storyteller i think you get more on suspense and the drama and and the drama of that it means more when there's a kill that happens or there's a in a comedy if you build up those special moments to where those special moments make you laugh, I don't care what time period you're in, it works and it works for a reason. And it's because you're not getting hit in the face with it over and over and over again to the point where when those special moments could happen, 
that you're desensitized to it to where it doesn't have that big of an impact. And as a society, we've gotten so used to that, that instant gratification that we've got to be stimulated every single minute that we miss out on some really big, important moments in our lives, in our movies, in our TV shows, you name it. Uh, which is really why I'm, I, and I'm, I'm not going off track here, but it's really why I'm a big fan of the Cobra Kai series is because it's a sequel done right. There's enough nostalgia there to draw you in. Now I could nitpick some of the actors and some of the storytelling, you know, pr- primarily with the teenagers, but it is what it is. I'm going to take the bad with a lot of good. I mean, that is probably the best sequel to anything I've ever seen and it's done correctly. It, it brings in an entirely new generation of, of fans to the folklore while paying homage to uh, its roots and it's done so well. And yeah. So anyway, back onto this trailer, it, it seems like that they're going to go back um Haddonfield Memorial, um, which could be cool. But again, I did see, uh, you know, I'm watching the trailer and I know there's been several people that say, well, that's a fake script. Well, again, I've said it before. I've read tons of scripts, you know, about Halloween kills. And the last one that I got was, was the real deal. So, that episode where I'm breaking down things and I'm like, well, I'm starting to see things or hear things that coincide with the script I read and I didn't like. Well, I saw the same things in the trailer. Okay. You can have your opinion. Well, no, it's fake. Okay. That's fine. I don't give a shit what you think. Have your opinion. I know what I read. I know what I have seen so far. So for you to tell me I'm wrong on that, how can you? How can I be wrong on what I've read and what I've witnessed? Exactly my point. So um, I I love the visuals, um, especially that opening shot. I mean that was that was some serious Halloween vibe right there. Uh, I'm not gonna go above and beyond and say, oh my god, it was epic, because that's a overused term or that bad boy looked awesome, you know, stuff like that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to oversell it because it, it was enough to whet the appetite. And it was, I think it was enough to whet the appetite and borderline too much because, you know, after we got through the introduction to introduce us to this little wetting the appetite, we got an abundance of violence and gore. Um, and if you're into that sort of thing, that that hit home for you. And it was epic. Um, it was, oh my God, that I hear a lot. But as far as for me, as a purist that loves the slow burn, the keep, keep feeding me so I can continue to get excited about it, um, <clears throat> it didn't do that for me. But... Visually, it looks amazing. Um, you know, I'm just afraid because I've said this since the beginning, and anybody can go back into our archives and pull up the H4O discussion. 
um, that Brandon Zachman and I had two years ago on this podcast when the podcast was still brand new. I think we were only a month, maybe two into it. I think it's like episode eight or nine, but it's the, it could be seven, eight or nine. I can't, I can't recall um, where the title of the episode is H4O um, or H4O discussion, whatever it is. It's in the archives. It's in the first dozen episodes. I know that, but um, we said right in there that so many people are, are, are saying, well, I'm so glad that these guys are back because now they can make a better movie. Again, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I don't think that they're going to make a better movie. It's They got 250 million reasons because that's what they made on that film, $250 million at the box office, that show them that they can just keep continuing turning out the same product and they're going to get the same result. They're happy with that. They spent $10 million uh, on the budget and another 10 on the marketing. So it's a $20 million investment and they made 250 million. Okay. For a movie studio, that is fantastic. Cause most of the time movie studios, all they want to do is just make their investment back. The fact that they made a shit ton of money off of that tells you that they're like, well, that's what the people want. Let's just keep doing it again. I don't think, Halloween kills is going to be as successful as Halloween 2018 because nobody, everyone that walked into that theater paid that admit that admission because Nick Castle was back because John Carpenter was back involved because Laurie Strode was back involved. They wanted to see what they were going to do with it. Now they, now they've seen it now. Halloween kills has a very hard act to follow from a financial standpoint of, hey, we spent a little bit more on the budget this time. We don't know what the marketing is going to look like because we never got a chance to in the COVID year. But this year, we're going to really see what their plans are from a marketing standpoint. So their budget was close to $18 million this time, um, from what I understand. I could be wrong, okay? I didn't go back and pull all the numbers on the budget. But the last couple t- people I talked to said it's between uh, 14 and 18 million. So they ramped up their budget a little bit, which you always expect that you're not always going to do the, the the same budget. Um, it's it's going to go up. Um, but even if it went up by two million, okay. So let's just last time it was 10 million dollars on the uh, on the making of 2018, and now it's, let's just say it's 12. Okay, even if they went up two million dollars, and they spent um, fifteen million on advertising this time, because now it's uh, when by the time it comes out in twenty twenty one, hopefully, um, it will now have been three years since the last one. That's a long time um, for a general audience to have to go back and remember that experience from the last one. So. They're going to probably ramp up really hardcore um, the the marketing effort. So let's just they spent um, you know they spent ten million on the marketing last time. Let's say they spend fifteen on the marketing this time. So now you got fifteen, you got twelve. So you got a twenty-seven million dollar investment. Do I think that they're going to crack a hundred million at the box office? Absolutely. Do I think it'll get to two hundred and fifty million? I don't. I think it'll be between one fifth or probably 
because you know because of the covid stuff i i'm estimating between 100 and 150 million that they're going to clear at the box office i could be wrong but you have me now on record saying it that's my prediction between 100 and 150 million so not quite as successful especially dealing with a covid year if there was no covid involved and things were exactly the same as they were in 2018 I still don't think they would clear 250 million. I think they'd be right around 200 to 225 because let's look at any successful television show. All right. People get ramped up to go into the pilot episode of, of anything. They're all ramped up, you know, and so that's where they're going to see their highest numbers. The subsequent weeks tell you what people think of that show. Because if you can maintain that audience or only lose about 10% of that audience of that watched your initial show, that's going to tell you that this is going to at least probably get picked up for a second season or a third season or whatever. If you start losing 40, 50% of your audience, that's a good indication that that show is not going to last very long. I know two different formats. I get it. But the same rule of thumb is um, if they don't – if this was a non-COVID year, non-COVID time, and everything was exactly the same as it was in 2018, again, from a business standpoint, if they didn't clear 225 at the box office, you're going to expect a little dip. But if they didn't clear 225, that's going to be considered – uh, a failure in a sense that, hey, we got all the same players back. We got all the same um, behind-the-scenes people that made the last one a success. Uh, and we brought in more cameos for the casual fan, uh, or the hardcore fan, rather. And we weren't able to maintain, or we, we went higher than that 10% drop. That's, that's a failure. I'm just telling you, folks, that's the way a movie studio and a distribution center looks at things. They don't look at things the way you and I do. We don't look at it. I mean, we look at it as, well, you spent $20, $30 million uh, on the budget and marketing, and you made 200 That's a success. That's $170 million in your pocket. But when you set the precedent that, hey, I spent 20 and got 250 now this time I spent 27 or 25 or $30 million, and I only end up with 170, they look at that as, well, what's the reason for the drop? Not looking at it the same way uh, we do, saying, well, we still pocketed 130, $140 million from that, from that film. They don't look at it that way. They look at it as a success, but they start to see, well, the popularity is waning a little bit, not realizing that um, that's still a highly successful thing for a sequel. Uh, of a sequel of a franchise that's been around for as long as Halloween's been around. So I'm just giving you a little insight as to the way business people look at properties. Um, and I'm just going to tell you folks, for those of you that are all about 2018 and all about Michael Myers and would watch anything they do with Michael Myers in the future, uh, that trailer was just enough for you. And you think it's amazing. You think it's epic. You think it's this. You think it's that. Oh, you can't wait. But there's going to be a lot of people out there that they're going to have to do a much better job 
at marketing their future teasers and trailers and little 10 second snippets of Facebook ads or social media ads that they're going to do, they're going to have to turn that volume way up. And I'm telling you, they're going to have to turn that volume way up if they want to have the success that they had in 2018 or anywhere close to it. Especially the fact is, is people are not, maybe not you, maybe not me, or maybe a, a small group of people aren't going to be afraid to go to the theaters to watch it in the theaters this year. Maybe, maybe you will, maybe you won't. Maybe we won't, we won't even have theaters come October. I don't know what October is going to look like. I don't even know what February is going to look like, to be honest with you. But there's a lot of people that are afraid to go into buildings right now. Scared to death that they're going to get this COVID when realistically, when you look at it and you can feel however you want to feel, but I'm afraid to get the flu, but that doesn't keep me from going to restaurants or go to movies or anything like that. And you can get the flu bug and just go in there. So there's going to ticket sales are going to hurt the box office this year. And I do not think, and maybe they do, maybe they don't, maybe they've already figured it out. But I do not think that the digital sales of this movie, the digital viewing that I did with Scooby-Doo with my kids, you know, that came out last year. I mean, that was $22 and we watched it here at home and had, had a pizza night. Um, I do not think that those count exactly the same as they do. Um, I mean, you think about it. Let's just say that Movies are ten dollars a person, and you take four people with you. That's forty dollars. That that's ten dollars. That's forty dollars. Okay. If I got a bunch of friends that I want to watch Halloween with, and all I have to do is pay twenty dollars, and I can watch that movie with ten people in my house, they lost some money there. So we're gonna have to see what this is gonna look like from a box office standpoint versus digital sales standpoint because it's not going to be the same that's going to hurt their sales too so it's going to be interesting uh but all i gotta say is is i understand a lot of businesses are hurting because of all this and if you don't think that the movie industry is not feeling the effects um they are um you know when you don't got people to support those ticket sales it's it's going to hit in the pocketbook quite a bit because that's all about making their money. Um, now sports, they're making their their money for the most part from uh, a TV ad sales revenue versus uh, ticket stands uh, and and concessions. But if you don't think that that hurts and that may affect, let's just say the NFL and the salary cap next year, you are sadly mistaken. Um, is it going to affect it huge? I don't know, but it is going to affect it and it is going to affect the movie industry. So that's what I got. I, I'm not going to go, like I said, I'm not going to go in through and break everything down on the, on the trailer. I'm giving you my opinion. Um, I think it was, it was good, um, uh, for the sense that, Hey, we're, we're reintroducing you to what the last film was and then we're just going to hit you with a bunch of violence because we're not going to be able to come out with a movie this year. And we're just going to hit you with everything in the kitchen sink, hoping that's going to tie you over for six months. And that's exactly what it felt like to me is it just felt like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to hit you as hard as I can as, with, with as much as I can 
to get you talking about it for the next six months until we figure this thing out. That's exactly the way it felt. Um, it wasn't highly uh, insightful. It didn't paint a huge picture for me. It didn't tell me really too much. It didn't uh, get me excited for it too much. I feel about the same as I did uh, when they announced that they were going to do a two and a three back to back. So I don't know. And what's going to be uh, happening beyond this franchise, to, to be honest with you, I think after this little trilogy, um, if you want Halloween to continue, I don't think it's going to be the last Halloween. Uh, to, but I, I think you need to uh, probably reboot it again and not try to go too extreme like Zombie did on a different vision, but try to give it a, a different spin and a different take for it to work. You can still have Michael Myers as a predominant figure in another reboot, but I think you need to I think you need to not worry about so much about uh, hitting all the marks for the fans because you're trying to build a, a brand new franchise at that point. My opinion, that's all. Um, but anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, hope everybody had a very happy new year. Everybody staying safe, uh, staying warm because there's a lot of cold places here in this country right now. Um, hope everybody is being good. And I hope that everybody is uh, prosperous. I know a lot of people are hurting right now financially. Hell, I'm hurting financially right now. So um, I want everybody to be happy and healthy. And I appreciate you listening to this episode and hearing me rant for almost 45 minutes uh, about my opinion and that you care enough to continue to let us know by the numbers uh, that you like, that you enjoy my take. And that is, that is fantastic. So. Uh, we'll be back with you as soon as we can. We will be back with a way back Wednesday, either this coming week or next. Uh, but this this episode will air this week, obviously, uh, the week of New Year's. And we thank you very much. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Halloween Unleashed. Be sure to download, rate, and subscribe anywhere you download your podcasts. From Apple, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And then join our social media channels at our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash Halloween Unleashed. On Instagram at Halloween Unleashed. And on Twitter at HWeen Unleashed. Be sure to share our episodes in your horror groups on your timeline and on Instagram. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Halloween Unleashed.